I want to wish you guys a happy new year. I'm really personally very excited for 2022. And uh, as we've been talking about, I think the past two years have been really kind of difficult, you know, for a lot of us. And we've gone through a lot of uh, struggles, a lot of highs and lows throughout the past couple of years. Um, but I really had a sense from the Lord that this next year, he's going to use all the things that we've been kind of addressing and all the things he's been speaking to us to really usher in the things that he wants us to, to step into for this new year. And so uh, as we go into this new year, um, I wanted to let you know that the small groups will be starting again this week on January 5th. Uh, same time as usual, so we'll have 6.30 where we'll eat together, and then 7 o'clock when we'll start the study. We're going to be uh, continuing what we did before in the small groups, which is just kind of reading through the Word, right, and going verse by verse and through the Bible. So we'll start that again uh, this coming Wednesday, uh, January 5th. And today, we're going to be starting a new series. Uh, this series is called, um, sorry, All Things New. Okay, so uh, this is based off of a verse in Isaiah uh, where God says, Behold, I'm doing a new thing, right? And I really felt like this new year, like I mentioned, that this year that God's going to be doing a new thing. You know, even though a lot of things have been staying the same, I think that there's things that are going to be changing and becoming new. So to start the series today, I'm going to be uh, looking at what I call the New Year's Resolution Mindset. Okay, so how many of you guys have ever done a New Year's Resolution? Have you guys done a New Year's Resolution before? Okay, how many of you guys have failed in your New Year's Resolution? <laughs> Everybody? Okay. So that's something that I used to actually enjoy. I would usually like to start off every New Year uh, doing a New Year's Resolution. So when you think about the most common New Year's Resolutions, there's like... I want to exercise more, or I want to read more, or I want to spend more time with family, or I want to spend less or save more. There's a lot of different common New Year's resolutions that we have. Uh, one common one that we see a lot of Christians have is that I want to read the Bible more. I want to read through the Bible. And so when we have those New Year's resolutions, I think all of us kind of have the same thing, same feeling. It's like we start off really good. We're really excited. It's like, oh, it's a brand new year. Let's start again. Let's start anew, right? Let's start fresh. And let's start focusing on the things that we really wanted to try to do all of last year. And so we try our New Year's resolutions, but somewhere down the line, you know, after one week, two weeks, a month, we start slowing down and doing less. You know, it's funny. They talk about how the busiest time at all the health clubs and gyms is January. And then right after January, it goes all the way back down to normal, right? And so I was thinking about that is like, I like the idea of having a New Year's resolution. I like the idea of starting new and, and really focusing on what's important. But how do we maintain that? How do we be successful at having a New Year's resolution that lasts all throughout the year? And I think the thought that came to me when I was uh, praying and asking God about that is, I think we need to be more radical in our New Year's resolution. And what I mean by that is, we need to not just wait to have a new year to have a New Year's resolution. We need to have it daily. We need to see that every day is a new day. 
Every day is a new opportunity to have this New Year's resolution type of mindset. We don't have to wait until like we fall off, fall off the boat on what we have this year. We don't have to wait until 2023 to have a New Year's resolution to start over again. We can start over the next day or the day after that. You know, Proverbs talks about how a righteous person falls down seven times, but every time he gets up. Okay, And I think that this is the type of mindset we need to have for this to gain momentum and for us to be consistent to follow through on the things that God has placed on our heart and he wants us to focus in on. Let's look at a passage that kind of demonstrates this, New Year's resolution mindset. Okay, It's found in Exodus 16. Okay, So the contents of Exodus 16 is that uh, Israel has uh, left Egypt. Okay, They're in the wilderness. And they're going through the wilderness uh, with, together with Moses leading them. And they started complaining. Okay, So there's several different moments where they start complaining uh, to Moses about different things. In this particular case, they're complaining because they don't have enough food. Okay, So they complain to Moses that they don't have food. And Moses brings their complaint to the Lord. And the Lord responds. And it says in verse 12, it says, I have heard the grumblings of the sons of Israel. Speak to them, this is God speaking to Moses, speak to them saying, at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. So it came about at evening that the quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. Okay, so this is kind of an interesting scene. So they're all living kind of as nomads, right? So they're all living in tents. Right? So if you're familiar with kind of the Israelites' journey, they're living in tents, and then they follow the pillar of cloud by day uh, and the pillar of fire by night. And whenever the cloud moves, they would move. So they're all in tents, and they would uh, take up all their tents and take up all their possessions every time they need to move. Okay, so this particular time, they all are in their tents. There's more than a million people. Okay, so this is not like a small little campsite, right? There's more than a million, million uh, some estimates, maybe two or three million, including all the men and, and women and children, are all in this camp together. Okay, so this is like a huge camp, right? If you can imagine, there's like, I don't know how many tents you would have to uh, house all of these two to three million people, but there's a lot. This is like a big campsite that they have. Okay, so when this verse says that quail covered the whole camp, this is... A lot of quail. Like, I don't know how many quail it would take to fill up the whole area. Also, when he talks about, we're going to look in, in a minute, when he talks about the manna covering the ground, this is quite a bit. This is a very large area that God is going to fill. Okay, so we talked about the quail. The quail is coming, and they're going to eat that. But he also is going to bring the manna. Okay, and we'd see this at the end of verse 13 where it says, in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. Then in verse 14 we see the layer of dew evaporated in the morning and on the surface of the wilderness there was a fine flake-like thing, fine like the frost on the ground. And when the sons of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is this? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, it is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. In the later verses, they call this bread what? They call it manna. What does manna mean? Manna means, what is this? <laughs> so when we see this, what their reaction to when they first see it, that's how they got the name. 
That's how they got the name for this bread that they're going to eat for 40 years. They're saying, what is this? It's manna, okay, which means, what is this? So that's their first reaction when they look at this because it looks so strange. Okay, so imagine you're in the tent. You're waking up in the morning. Okay, you open up your tent, and then on the ground, you see all of the dew that was on the ground had evaporated, and there's this thin layer of what they're going to call manna on the ground. Okay, it's not processed. It's not bread. Okay, it's not sourdough. It's not anything processed that we have. It's just a thin layer on the ground. Okay, this is what they're going to start eating, okay, on a daily basis. Verse 16 says, this is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it every man as much as you should eat, and you shall take an omer apiece according to the number of persons each of you has in his tent. Okay, so they're going to take a certain amount for every person. So if you have four people in your tent, you're going to pick up four omers worth, okay? And so... That's what they're instructed to do. In verse 17, it says, The sons of Israel did so, and some of them gathered much, and some of them little. And when they measured it with an omer, who had gathered much had no excess, and he who had gathered little had no lack. Every man gathered as much as he should eat. And Moses said to them, Let no man leave any of it until the morning. Okay, so this is their instruction. They're supposed to wake up every day, when they go out of their tent, I guess, uh, I'm assuming like the head of their household is going to be their representative of their family. They go out, and depending on how many are in their family, that's how much they're going to go gather. So if there's a really big family, they're going to go gather a lot. If it's a really small family, they're not going to gather much. But what's interesting is, when they follow the instructions, no matter how big the family was, it was enough. And no matter how small the family was, they didn't have anything left over. Okay, but look at what Moses says at the very end in verse 19. He says, let no man leave any of it until the morning. So that's the instruction. Okay, then in verse 20, but they did not listen to Moses. And some of them left part of it until the morning. And it, would, and it bred worms and became foul, and Moses was angry with them. They gathered it in the morning by morning. Every man had as much as she, she, he should eat. But when the sun grew hot, it would melt away. Okay, so this is very interesting. So they're instructed to take a certain amount for each person. And then the instruction was, don't keep any of it until the morning. Okay, you have just the right amount, right? And it was kind of amazing, no matter, different people have different appetite. You know, I, I eat a different amount than my wife does, and my wife eats a different amount than my son does. Everybody has a different appetite. But at the end, it's exactly the right amount, which is Kind of amazing, right, when you think about it, because everybody has a different amount that they eat. Okay, but it turns out everybody has exactly amount that they want. But some of them would not eat their full amount. And they would want to save some until the next morning. But what happened when they wake up in the morning? It would all be moldy and full of worms and maggots and all of those different kind of things that happens when bread gets moldy. So it's really interesting. It has a very short shelf life. Okay, so when they have the manna, it, they get in the morning, and then when they try to save it till the next morning, when they wake up, it's all moldy. And it's not just moldy, it's full of like worms or maggots, right? So it's really decomposed by the time it gets to the morning. 
which is really surprising because it takes a while for that to happen. Okay, so when you're imagining this happening is that this is where uh, when you see that they go against the Lord's command to see in the morning, it starts getting moldy. But what's interesting to me is when you look at the shelf life, it's supposed to last only one day. But then look at what happens here. But on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for each one. And when all the leaders of the congregations came and told Moses, then they came to him and said to them, this is what the Lord meant. Tomorrow is a Sabbath observation, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake and boil what you will boil, and all that is left over put aside to be kept until the morning. So they put it aside until morning, and as Moses had ordered them, and it did not become foul, nor was there any worm in it. This is very interesting. Okay? So we think that the shelf life of this bread only lasts one day, but that's not true. On the sixth day, they're supposed to gather twice as much. And why are they supposed to gather twice as much on the sixth day? Because on the Sabbath day, they're not supposed to work. They're not supposed to work. They're not supposed to go and to gather and to gather all the food. And so on the sixth day, there's in preparation for the Sabbath when they're not supposed to work, they gather twice as much. So however much they did on days one through five, on day six, they do twice as much as that. But when they save it on the sixth day, when they wake up on the seventh day, on the Sabbath day, it's not moldy, which is very strange. You, when you look at this, there's something odd going on here, right? When you look at it, you think like the, like we said, the shelf life is really short, only lasting for one day, but it actually can last two days, right? And this happens week after week after week. It's not a single time occurrence. It's going to happen week after week after week. For 40 years, this is going to happen. This pattern where if they try to save some for the next day, it gets moldy. Except for the sixth day, when they gather twice as much, it doesn't get moldy the next day. So the question I have is, why? First question I have is, why would they want to save some until the next day? Why would they, if they have enough for them to all eat as much as they want, if they have exactly enough for them, why would they want to save it to the next day? And I think the biggest thing is trust. They don't believe the next day they're going to have enough. That would be the only reason. If Lord is giving them enough for that day and they have enough to fulfill their appetite, they can eat as much as they want, everybody can, and they have just as much and they don't have too much, then the reason that they would not uh, just eat it all is because they're worried about the next day. They're worried that God is not going to be faithful the next day and provide for them. And I think this is really true for us, is that oftentimes when we worry and we withhold things and we hold on to things too tightly, it's because we're also concerned. We're concerned that the next day we won't have that. We're concerned about... Uh, those things not being there, whether it's money or other resources or time or whatever, we hold on to those things, not really trusting or not really believing that God is going to be faithful the next day, just like he was today. And so when we look at this, we really can learn from that example is that God is going to be faithful every single day. And that there's a trust that we have to have that God is going to be faithful Tomorrow, just like he is today, just like he was yesterday. 
and the things that God has done. And that's why it's really important for us to keep remembering what God has done. That's why Moses constantly uh, reminds Israel again and again and again, this is what God's done. This is what God's done. This is what, remember, 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 as you read the Old Testament, again and again and again and again. Why? Because we have to keep remembering what God has done and that he's going to continue to be faithful. When we look at this New Year's resolution mindset, it starts by recognizing that God is going to be faithful every day. That you don't have to worry about the next day. In fact, when you look at this story, it's actually even more radical than this, right? Because we look at the day six, and day six, uh, they carry twice as much, and it lasts an extra day, right? Look at these verses in verse 32 and verse 33. Then Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Let an omer full of it be kept throughout your generations, that they may see the bread that I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Moses said to Aaron, take a jar and put an omer of manna in it and place it before the Lord to be kept throughout your generations. Okay, now this is very interesting. Okay, so... What's going on here is they're going to keep some sacred items, okay, in what's called the Ark of the Covenant. Okay, so they have the Ark of the Covenant, okay, that's supposed to be sacred and holy. And they're supposed to keep certain things inside of the Ark of the Covenant. Okay, eventually they're going to put like the Ten Commandments in the Ark of the Covenant. Also what's included is they're going to keep a jar of manna inside this Ark of the Covenant. And keep, this is a holy item. Okay, this is a sign for generations to come how faithful I've been for you and the people in the wilderness right now. So when you look at this, not only can the bread last more than one day, it can last more than two days, it can last forever. This bread lasts for generations upon generations. Even after they're out of the wilderness and God is not providing any manna anymore, he's saying that this jar is going to be a symbol, is going to be a sign for all the generations to come to recognize how faithful to I that I was to this particular generation that was in the wilderness that's preparing themselves for the promised land. Not only can it last more than one day, not only more than two days, this bread can last forever. So then my question again to you is, then why does it get moldy when they try to keep it for more than one day? How come if this bread is like a supernatural bread and sustenance from the Lord that can last for generations and generations and generations without getting moldy, without getting bad, you know, we buy bread and then we, you know, put it outside and we try to make it last longer by putting it in the fridge, but eventually it gets moldy. This bread can never get moldy. It can last supernaturally for generations upon generations. This bread has that kind of capacity to do that. So then my question is, why does God make it moldy after one day? And the key is what I just said. Is the bread is not getting moldy after one day. God is making the bread moldy after one day. It's not because the bread has a short shelf life. Like we said, the bread can last for generations upon generations. The reason it's not lasting from one day to the next day 
is because God is making it that way. God is making it only last one day, right? This is supernatural sustenance that can last for generations. So when we see it get moldy for the next day, it's on purpose that God is intentionally making it not last, intentionally speeding up the degeneration, speeding up it getting moldy and, and getting worms and getting maggots in it. God is doing this on purpose. And so the question we need to ask now is, why? If this bread can really last that long, if this bread can really last for generations upon generations, why is he making it moldy from one day to the next? I believe it's this. God wants us to live and to trust him one day at a time. One day at a time. We look, in, we look at the Sermon on the Mount, and what does Jesus say? He says, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. He says, each day has enough worries of its own. He's pointing to the same truth that we see here in Exodus 16, that God wants us to live on a day-by-day -day basis. So I think this is hard for people that are more kind of future-oriented. I'm very present-oriented, right? I just live for today. Like, thinking about two or three days later is like, that's too much for me. <laughs> I just, I'm just thinking about today. Like, what's my next thing? What's my next meal? That's good enough for me, usually, right? I'm very present-oriented. But I know a lot of people, like my wife, is very future-oriented. They're always thinking about the future, okay? I remember... Uh, my son was kind of like that too. And so I remember there was a particular like weekend, uh, we were doing some different stuff, we were kind of busy. And then I remember on Saturday, uh, my wife was saying the same thing as, and my son said the same thing as well. It's like, oh, the weekend's over. I'm like, the weekend's not over, it's Saturday, <laughs> right? It, the weekend is not over. But in their mind, they're already thinking ahead, right? I remember um, one of my mentors he would, he's very future-oriented, too. And so we were, like, at this big event at church, right? We had this huge event where we were advertising for months and months, and we are at this hotel. It's, like, a really big, fancy event. And uh, we were kind of getting ready for the event, right? And so I was talking to him before the event, and I was asking him, oh, so how are you feeling, like, before we do our presentation and different things like that? And he's like, oh, I'm already done with this. I'm already on to the next thing. I'm like... What are you talking about? <laughs> We're about to go in here, this thing that we've been promoting for like months and months and months. What do you mean you're onto the next thing? But he's so future-oriented. He's like, this, one, this is kind of over for me already. Like I'm thinking about the next thing, right? And I think for people that are like that, very future-oriented, this is very difficult, right? So I will say a couple things. I would say one is the Bible talks about planning. You know, Proverbs says, you know, look at the ants. Look at the people who are the animals that are preparing for the future. So the, God, the Bible doesn't say that we shouldn't prepare. We should prepare. God doesn't say that we shouldn't plan. We should plan. Okay? But we can't carry out those plans for the future today. We can't live that plan today. You know, it can influence what we do today, and it should have an influence on what we do today. But we need to live today, today, not tomorrow, today, right? And I think this is a common thing. This is what brings a lot of anxiousness and makes anxiousness very big for us is because we project out. We think about what happens in the future, and we try to live that today. 
But I think what we can learn through this passage in Exodus 16 is that God doesn't provide the manna for tomorrow, today. He doesn't provide the manna for next month, today. He provides the manna for today, today. And I think we need to learn this. I think it's okay when we think about the future. I think it's okay when we plan for the future. I think it's okay when we take the steps today in light of what plans are for the future. But we can't live the future today. And I think that that's one of the biggest things. We're carrying too much weight of what should happen tomorrow or the next day or the next week or the next month. We carry that today. And one of the things the Lord was speaking to me about that, he's, when I was like worrying and concerned about some things and I was praying and I was asking the Lord about it. And he, he asked me, he told me this, he said, why are you looking at a future like I don't exist? And what I felt like he meant was that is like, you're looking like nothing is going to change. You're imagining today and you're imagining in a month from today, like that's what it's going to be. He's like, you're imagining like I don't exist. Like I'm not going to change everything from now until then. Like I can't change things in an instant. Like I can't change things tomorrow. Like I can't change things today. You're acting like I don't exist. I am always working. That's what Jesus says. He says, my father is always at work and so am I. He says, I am always working. That's what happens and that's why we waste away so much time and, and we worry so unnecessarily is because we're projecting out like God's not going to do something. Like God's not going to change it. Like God doesn't know what's on our heart. He doesn't know what's on, on our desires. He doesn't know what worries that we have. We don't know those things. He doesn't know those things and so we worry about it. But he does know. He does know those things and he's going to address them and he's going to bring things and he's going to change things and he's going to alter things. He's going to change things within us. He's going to change things with other people. He's going to change things in our circumstances because that's what he does. He's God. He can do that. And we have to let him be God and to enable us to just enjoy and work on today. I think a lot of times we don't enjoy today because we're too worried about tomorrow or we're too worried about the past. One of the things the Lord was really impressing upon me was we don't have to live yesterday today. You don't have to live yesterday today. And then you don't have to live tomorrow today. You only have to live today today. And I think that was huge for me. It was huge for me to think, I don't have to let the things that happened yesterday carry over into this new day. I don't have to live yesterday today. Today is a new day. The Bible says that God's mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. And we see that in Lamentations where he talks about every day his mercies are new. So that we don't have to live what happened yesterday today. And then we don't have to live tomorrow today either. We can just focus in on today. I think one of the big takeaways for this is really focusing on, on the importance of today and receiving from the Lord every day. You know, and I think that's another illustration from here from the Exodus 16 is that he wants to provide enough for today. But the hard part is if the manna is supposed to only last for a day, what happens when you don't take it? 
you don't you don't save up some for the next day it gets moldy right so you go without right and i think that that's what happens a lot when we keep missing days and receiving from the lord is we come and receive and we make what's supposed to last one day we try to stretch it and make it last a week you know we come to church and we receive but then you know we're not engaging the lord during the week we're making what's supposed to last one day we're trying to stretch it to last one week or sometimes longer than that you know when we're not receiving daily we need to receive daily and i think a lot of times we're really feeling weak or we're feeling lack of energy and we're really feeling um so tired and overwhelmed it's because we're starving we're not getting our daily manna right and you could understand what that means physically if you've ever fasted right you get like really hungry and your body feels weak if you're not eating right that's why it's a good analogy when we use the physical bread to the spiritual bread you know when we look at that we understand what it means when we don't eat like yeah i get hungry <laughs> right and i feel weak but the same thing happens when we don't eat spiritually and so i think coming on this new year for us to have a new year's resolution mindset is to really focus in on today enjoy today to the fullest don't live yesterday today don't live tomorrow today and receive from the lord each day receive from the lord each day and just have his mercies be new every morning and i think if we can have that new year's resolution mindset where every day is a new day we don't have to wait until the new year then we'll be consistent then we'll carry thing on the I'll carry through on the things the lord wants us to focus in on because if we mess up one day we don't do those things that's okay today i can yesterday i didn't but today i can and then that's when you can keep doing it and that's when we can keep focusing and focusing on what the lord truly wants to focus on for 2022 let's pray so father we want to um, have that new year's resolution mindset today thank you that um, you have your mercies that are new for us every morning and that your faithfulness is so great that we can receive that each day no matter what happened yesterday no matter what's going to happen tomorrow or next week we know that you're faithful today and that we can trust in that receive from that receive peace from that be encouraged by that and so holy spirit i pray that you'd be doing that in our hearts even right now in jesus name amen